turning that into an art form. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program. Uh, it's Smoking and Toasting. It's show number 84, and we are brought to you by the fine people at B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. We will be live at B&B on next week's show, show number 85. We will celebrate with our dear friend, Jeremiah, who's going to be like... In rare form, I assure you. You know that guy's a party. Well, he like he's just a party in one person. So we've been trying to line up the right time to get him back on the show because he's always welcome. He's he's that guy, you know. And and plus, they're a sponsor. He can come on anytime he wants, and and he always brings great stuff. And we've been trying to do this, and we ju- we just haven't been able to make it work. So he's going to be so rare and to go now that we've got one lined up for him to be back on. He will be a force to be dealt with, and we'll be looking forward to that. Yeah, and we're real selective about who we have on the show i mean you have to actually be fun to be around and you right. have to bring samples right that's <laughs> that's the whole point so <laughs> speaking of samples so jeremiah and i have been talking about doing a rum show because normally because he is such a whiskey connoisseur and has done such an amazing job of curating the whiskey selection at b&b that normally when we're there we're tasting you know uh, whiskeys whatever he's got on his mind that's right that's in stock and, and that he's uh, that he's been talking about but we've been talking about maybe doing a rum show and so i said to him we were texting back and forth this week and talking about next week's show and i said do you want to do the rum show we've been talking about and he said and i quote yes i've got some really rare stuff i can bring so now I'm totally psyched. Drum roll, please. <laughs> yes. yes, so very excited So the about name it. of next week's show will be... The Rum Show. The Rum B&B. Show, or What to Do with a Drunken Sailor. <laughs> what is it? How do you deal with the drunken sailor? How to deal with the drunken sailor. I like it. Well, welcome to uh, Smoking and Toasting. It's show number 84. My name is Cruz. My erstwhile partner is uh, Ian Barry. That guy's crazy. On the wheels of steel, we have uh, Adam Andrus, who is uh, engineering the show. I've got a little bit of a head cold today, so it, it actually works out as as decent enough timing because... We're going to be doing something very special in today's program, and that is <clears throat> that Ian is finally going to get his opportunity to no longer be held back by yours truly. Oh, man, I've been waiting for You've this. been waiting for your opportunity to basically kick me to the curb and uh, and and show whose show it really, really is. <laughs> and so this is your show. Now, uh, while I was in California, which you were there part of the time, we want to talk about that. We had fun uh, with that. Uh, yeah, but I was out there for a little longer than you were. And so while I was away, Ian had a chance to get with um, a couple of guys that we already know and love, and we just we can't say no to these guys when they're in town and have an opportunity to be on the show. Mattias Horseman from Hendrix Gin, and uh, our good buddy Glenn Fiddick Dave from uh, Glenn Fiddick Whiskey. And so Ian uh, got a chance to do a number of segments with him, and we'll be bringing those segments to you on this show. So, like I said, you're you're unfettered. You will not be held back by me <laughs> for the duration of the program today. So, uh, those guys are so much fun. Really looking forward. I have not seen these segments, so I'm I, really looking forward I also, to it. I do want to point out, like as much fun as we uh, we make that joke, you know, that eventually you're going to be holding me back, and and, and I'll have to do my right. Own thing. Well, this is your opportunity. That's what I'm saying. I do want to point out that it's the first time I ever did that. The by first myself. time you flew solo, yeah, ever, yeah. And those guys made it easy. They were so well, fun. They're good guys. See, I knew you'd be in good hands with those guys and Adam, so I knew, I knew you'd be okay. But I did text Adam kind of worried, like, how's it going? You know, and, and he, but he said it went great. So. so while you were out of town? Yes. Did you smoke anything good? Well, yes. <clears throat> However, 
let me just let me just back up two steps and talk to you about the Toranio Hogshead Toro. Ooh, tell me about that. Um, let me start with the most important part. It's a two to three dollar cigar. Okay. All right. Did I mention that cigar costs about two bucks? For the Tarano Hogshead. Yes, for the Tarano Hogshead. Yes. It's a Nicaraguan cigar, believe it or not, for two and a half bucks. Uh, Nicaraguan, Dominican, and uh, Pennsylvania tobacco all combined. So it's, you know, like it's all over the place. Quite, a, quite an interesting combination. It's, it's multicultural. Uh, it's multicultural. It's a pretty rustic looking cigar, a little rugged. That's okay. I, some, I've had some rustic looking cigars that have been fantastic. Uh, the pre light draw on this baby was. Uh, Kind of non-existent. Like, there really wasn't an aroma on the pre-light draw. Not much that I could that I could pull out of there anyway. Uh, on lighting, a kind of a pleasant tobacco flavor. And that's pretty much it. Uh, some burnt paper flavors in the first third. You ever you ever do that thing, and I do this because I won't be paying attention. I'll just be talking or, you know, reading something while I smoke or whatever, and all of a sudden you go, what's, what's that new unpleasant flavor? And I discover that I've left the band on too long and it's starting to burn. Yeah, right. right. Okay, well, this did this in the first third when it wasn't really close to the band. So, uh, yeah, that wasn't necessarily good. By the final third, there was a little bit of uh, pepper, some nuttiness, but not much. Uh, almost zero complexity. Uh, it's mild to medium, but I did not get the hoped-for mild creaminess. Now, here's the thing. I wasn't expecting much. Did I mention it's about a $2 cigar? Right, right. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't expecting much, uh, but I was kind of hoping to get that little bit of creaminess that you get on a good mild cigar. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Um, and I guess... The problem that I have with this cigar, the Terreno Hogshead Toro, and by the way, pretty sure this is only available through Cigars International. I've never seen it in a uh, a local tobacconist, and I think maybe now I know why. Uh, but anyway, the problem with this cigar for two bucks is that the JR Alternative Edition Limitada substitute for the Romeo and Julieta, uh, it's one of my kind of go-to everyday cigars. It's about $2.40 a stick, and it's really good yep. at that price. I mean, it's not... You've given me a few of those. It's those not actually, a $10 cigar. Right. It doesn't pretend to be. But wow, at two and a half bucks, I mean, it's it's like well worth the price. And it's an enjoyable one if you're... You know, I have a tendency to smoke those if it's a little windy outside. I feel like I'm not going to get the full, you know, impact of a, a, you know, a $10 or $12 cigar or even a 5 or $6 cigar. It's just a good one, but it's it, there's enough flavor. It's enjoyable enough that I can enjoy having a good cigar. So with this cigar at a few cents cheaper, price to quality, I'm going to go about a four. Okay. It's not unsmokable, but really, when there are other options, why bother? With with notes of burnt paper... Well, and, you know, in, in, fairness, in fairness, I didn't say dog hair. In <laughs> fairness, the burnt paper didn't last long. It was, it was, it was a very brief. I was like, "What is that about?" And and it did have some nice sort of core tobacco uh, flavors to it, but uh, there was no complexity. I mean, it was just as straight ahead. And it's funny because I went back and reread on Cigars International the um, 
the description, you know, where they talked about it having creaminess and nuttiness and a hint of, and I'm like, I don't know what cigar they smoked, but obviously someone slipped them something else <laughs> when they were doing the description. <laughs> so, I, I, honestly, for a $2 cigar, it's really kind of hard to complain. In fact, I'd have, I'd have gone ahead and given it a five if I hadn't known there were just better Two dollar, two dollar right, fifty right. cent cigars out there. So right, let's just say sub three dollars because that, yeah, that has sub three dollars. That's yes. a lawnmower range. Yeah, you know? e- exactly. It's a dog walker. It's a lawnmower. Um, and for those unfamiliar with the price to quality, a five means you get exactly what you pay for. So I feel like if some of those other cigars that I mentioned might be a five. Right. At two dollars and fifty cents, then this definitely wasn't a five. This is definitely a. a it didn't a rate four. like the uh, the black and mild that I reviewed. A no, few but weeks see, back. there you had such a such a difference between the enjoyment level, yeah. and what it cost. Right, <laughs> right. right. If and this cigar had been fifty cents, I'd be raving about it. Right, you know what I mean. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so anyway, there's my. And I, by the way, I wanted to talk about that because I actually had so many good cigars. You and I got a chance to sit, you know, out in back of the house where we were staying around the fire pit. And Smoked some great cigars, man. I, thought, I enjoyed that. But I thought I'm always coming on the show and raving about a cigar, and I thought maybe people think that I'm not, you know, that I just think <laughs> everything picky. is good. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, so, what about you? Did you smoke anything interesting this week? Um, actually, so yes, but a lot of what I smoked this week were cigars that I've already had quite a bit of. Right. So uh, on my uh, way to work today, I had a bit of a drive. Yeah. Um, I lit up a, oh, I have an old, old vehicle, by the way. It's got like 220,000 miles on it. Right. So I don't care if I smoke a cigar mm-hmm. in it, right? Right. <laughs> the only people that suffer from that were the people on the elevator on the way up here. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, and I have a picture of a cigar on my shirt, so you I should already that. be warned. Yes. Um, but, uh, so anyway, I lit up a Rocky Patel Reserve, mm-hmm. um, and it was a beautifully constructed cigar, it was the uh, let me give it full the private seller reserve and oh, this the was the torpedo. Seller. Yes, right? that's a well. I started to say that's a good cigar, but tell me what you thought. Well, let me tell you about it. Uh, first off, it is dark, like the wrappers. It's not real oily wrapper, but it's right. a very dark wrapper. It's a uh, dark. Uh, oh, let me see what does it say. Connecticut broadleaf Maduro. The construction of the cigar is beautiful. It's got this purple label on. It's really classy yes. looking, right? Yes. Really like almost royal looking private seller. Uh, reserve thing. It's a Nicaraguan uh, binder, Nicaraguan fillers. I lit it up. It has this green pepper burst right when you light it up nice. that just fills the back of the mouth. It's a beautiful thing. This cigar was chocolate and chocolate. The pre-light sniff was chocolate, like dark chocolate and mocha kind of cocoa kind of thing. After my experience, I'm just thrilled that it had a pre-light stuff. <laughs> <You know? laughs> there, no, there were no notes of paper fire That's at all. That's good to know. That's good to know. It's like a John Mellencamp song. No carpet song. mold, no yeah. paper fire on this cigar. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> But, uh, you know, and so, like, sometimes I do this when I'm driving because I got the, like, having a car with a sunroof, by the way. Oh, oh that, that's nice. Yeah, up. you just open and it up and it, let, the, let the smoke go out. And then when you know the ash is about to fall, you just stick your hand straight up. Straight up and whoosh, off it goes. <laughs> right there it and goes. Although I did try that once in a convertible and got ash all over my back seat. <laughs> oh, because it swirls yeah, back it around. Yeah, it swirls back around. So, yeah. <laughs> Aerodynamics are a hell of a yeah. thing. So, uh, so, anyway, I lit this up and I got this green pepper burst and I was, it, it smelled so chocolatey to start with. It actually took me aback i was like what is going on here that's strange and then like it you know within like 
two or three puffs, that green pepper started settling into a nice little uh, spicy complexity on the back of this. Nice. And this cigar was this chocolate bomb. It was wonderful. I didn't even have anything to color my palate. I was drinking water with it. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so I feel like I got the full flavor of this thing. This was um, definitely in the uh, medium to full range, probably on the, the lower side of full as far as the uh, intensity of cigar goes. I enjoyed every moment of it. That's great. As a matter of fact, when I pulled up here, I still had the last third of the cigar left. <laughs> and by this point in time, the cigar loaded up to this crazy chocolate bomb. I just enjoyed <laughs> I just enjoyed this tremendously. You know, when you get a cigar that you enjoy that much, it, it's a wonderful reminder of why we why we like doing this. Right. You know, and why it's so much fun to smoke a great cigar. When you just get all that flavor and that complexity mm-hmm. and, and you get a chocolate bomb or one of those that just like really, really lights you up. You know, you brought me, I'll review this on a future show, but you brought me the uh, uh, one of the La Flor Dominicana Andalusian Bull yeah. Uh, cigar, man, that thing was good. Like, like I could talk about it for the rest of the show. <laughs> it was so good. And, but, but when you have a cigar like that, and it sounds like that's the kind of experience you had with this Rocky Patel, it was. It, it, was, it just reminds you why this is so much fun. It was to wonderful. Do. As a matter of fact, uh, I had about a third of it left when I pulled up here, and I was early to be here. As a matter of fact, you called me and said, "Hey, I might be uh, uh, running it a little close." I was like, "Hey, I'm almost here. I'm just gonna pull over and smoke my cigar." I, I actually pulled into the parking lot, realized there's no shade. Yes. So I pulled up the road here. You passed right by me, by the way. I didn't so even know. I, I pulled up the road here and parked on the side in a little shady spot and finished my cigar because it was so good and almost made it late to the show. Um, I thought I smelled I something good I, as I drove by. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I highly recommend it. I smoked it until uh, until I was almost late to the show, if that tells you anything. Um and I think this is about a ten dollar, twelve dollar cigar. I think that's about right. Yeah. Um, price to quality, like just the the wonderful chocolate bomb of this. I wanted to have a Belgian with this, by the way. That would be so uh, good, yeah. you know, like a Belgian double or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, it would be so wonderful. Those fruity flavors plus the chocolatey, just wonderful. Um, I would put it price to quality easily at a six. Like this was nice. six. Uh, fantastic construct was great i did tend it once i'm not entirely sure if that's because i was sticking it out of the sunroof or not yeah but it tended like instantly and burn nice and even all the way down to the end fantastic that's awesome want to take care of a couple things real quickly uh first of all want to thank rigo fernandez and his wife of the buena vista cigar club in beverly hills for uh allowing us to do the show there last week if you haven't heard show number 83 we had such a blast doing it uh, tasting some california beers and and uh, just really enjoying uh some cigars and what a treat it was to do the show there Pretty much got Rigo talked into being on the show next time we, mm-hmm. uh, uh, if we do a repeat. But he had, uh, you know, he and his wife managed the shop by themselves, so he's kind of almost got to make arrangements if he's going to stop and do something like be on the show because he's tending to the customers. Yeah, the so, shop filled up while we were there too. Yeah, it totally did, and it was a great place, and we recommend it highly. It's on Santa Monica Boulevard in Beverly Hills. If you're in the Los Angeles area, uh, whether you live there or you're visiting, either way. Go and and you know uh, support this guy because he's doing a great thing. He had a great selection of whiskey too. Yes, he did. He great had a great. Selection. The whole bar was re- yeah. was really good. And I noticed he had, by the way, that Havana Club uh, rum that we enjoyed with uh, Manny El Cubano Lopez when yes. we were out at his shop. So, okay, uh, next week we will be live at B and B with our buddy Jeremiah. As we mentioned, that's going to be a great show. We invite you to come out if you want to. It'll be around uh, one o'clock uh, Central Time. We'll be in the upstairs uh, on the patio area where we can uh, smoke a B&B and enjoy a fine cigar and some rum and a 
it's going to be a lot of fun. And we'd like to send a huge thanks to Glenn Fiddick Dave and Mattias Sorsman from Hendrix Gen for being on the show today. And a huge thanks to you, Ian, for handling that uh, on your own. We'll be back with Ian's uh, segments. We're, we're going to see how he did. The judgment's up to you. Ian's segments with gin and uh, and whiskey. Coming up next, this is Smoking and Toasting. Thank you guys for listening. You know, I love that intro. It like, makes me drool a little bit every time I have a little Pavlovian response to that. So welcome to Smoking and Toasting. This is a radio show about craft beer, craft liquors, fine hand-rolled cigars. We're brought to you by B&B Butchers and Steakhouse, located at 1814 Washington Avenue, and now open at the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth, Texas. So uh, we're going to have to make a road trip up there pretty soon. You guys been out to that uh, location yet? No, I'm, I'm going to be up in Dallas and about two weeks ah. so that's definitely on my list yeah I'll be, I'll be there in about three so you are hearing the voices of Mattias horseman and david allardyce Mattias horseman from hendrix gin david allardyce from glenn fiddick here joining us today uh oh what brings you guys around howdy how's it going wonderful day isn't it uh we're here for a specific reason uh in sugarland in sugarland yeah i actually yeah. work out in sugarland from time to time tell me about it yeah we're doing um Glenn Fiddick is going to be having uh, what we call the Experimental Dome, which is a massive uh, structure that we carry around the country um, where we get to showcase Glenn Fiddick in a slightly different light, Scotch whiskey in a slightly different manner than what you would expect. So we're doing uh, draft cocktails using these three whiskeys that I brought today. Draft cocktails? Yeah, so it's all draft delivery. We, we work with a company called Icebox, um, and these guys are, are you know, really tremendous, and they, they basically take their skills from the bar to the masses. So they, they bring, you know, the high-quality ice, the high-quality um, knowledge, you know, the, the execution of craft cocktails, and they bring it to things like food and wine festivals. So there was, uh, it's funny that you say that, because it seems to be a trend using better and better uh, whiskeys and drinks in general, uh, um, better distillates in general to make better mixed drinks because there was for a long time the the thought process that this is way too good to mix with something yeah uh that is the traditional train of thought when it comes to especially single malt scotch whiskey you know for some reason it's okay to mix irish it's okay to mix american it's okay to, to mix japanese but single malt scotch is like oh don't touch it um, <laughs> there's a mystique about God it right? forbid you should actually enjoy uh, yourself when you're drinking <laughs> scotch whiskey it's sort of an oxymoron isn't it because you're looking at it and you're saying to yourself well it's okay i don't i want to make something great but i don't want to use great stuff in it <laughs> right. it just doesn't quite make sense does oh, it so why, I, yeah why would you not use something and so i totally delicious? totally get it i totally yeah. get it because because better ingredients just make better well there's a, a famous better ingredients make better pizza but um <laughs> i think <laughs> I think they owe me for that now. I've said that like three times on the show. But yeah, better ingredients make for a better drink. That's why we have uh, this whole rash of uh, craft uh, drinkeries now uh, that pop up, like here in Houston and, and other places across the country. You have these uh, bartenders that go way above and beyond your standard. I'm just going to give you a, a whiskey and Coke kind of thing. So it's really interesting to see that. Yeah, what I'd add to that is that the, the way that I think about single malt scotch whiskey going into a cocktail is we're just very fortunate to have a spirit that's that versatile that you can 
absolutely enjoy it neat splash of water rocks or you can enjoy it in a cocktail so with a lot of spirits that go into cocktails traditionally you can't really say the same thing you know, mm. quite often right. that spirit is a little bit harsh on its own you and you're using that drink to mask that harshness mask like yeah but de- definitely enhance with if you do it right single malt scotch whiskey can make uh, the best cocktails you know you can imagine mm. but you have to do it right and you have to be working with sk- people that are skilled because um, each single malt has such a specific flavour profile right. yeah. that you have to know the 14, you have to know the 12 and you can't just say, I know Scotch whiskey and this is going to work. Right. You've got to know each whiskey pretty intimately to actually be able to, to pull flavours together that make sense. So what kind of uh, what kind of drinks are you going to have on tap? Uh, we're, we're doing uh, a very classic Scotch and soda, uh, otherwise known as a highball, with the 12 year old and um, what that does is you're basically just mixing the whiskey with soda water, ice, and a garnish, usually a lemon wedge or a grapefruit twist. And what you're doing just by using soda water is you're lengthening the drink, you're stretching all the flavors out, right. and it's much more refreshing. So especially if you're in Texas or you're in Florida or somewhere that's warm, and you don't necessarily crave neat scotch when it's 80, <laughs> 90 degrees outside, this is a way you can take the whiskey and... and adapt it into something a bit more refreshing without losing all the flavour. You actually kind of mm-hmm. stretch the flavours out into a slightly different type of drink. Uh, then we do an old-fashioned classic with the 14 because this is aged in a little bit of new oak, which is very similar to how a bourbon is aged. So we, we kind of stole the idea to, to mimic a bourbon and, and use it. It really works really well in an old-fashioned. And then we have a, 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 a very unusual and experimental drink using the IPA cask, which is... A uh, fairly new whiskey. Um, you know, I tried that at the uh, wor- uh, not the World Whiskey, but the uh, whiskey, uh, Houston Whiskey Social event last year. That is right. a delicious whiskey. This is what I call a breakfast malt. Matty has beat me to the punch, and um, <laughs> we're, we're drinking a little gin, uh, gin and tonic with cheers. Hendrix. I always like to start the morning out yeah, with, cheers. with a tea at least. So a little tea, a little uh, gin, G and T, G and T. Nice to see you guys. <laughs> but I say uh, jokingly that this is a, like a breakfast malt. Uh, what I mean by that is that, you know, to start the day off, this one is a nice way to ease into it. Nice. It's really, it's really sweet and it's quite malty. And you don't get a lot of the, uh, you don't get a lot of the burn. There's not right a lot of heat, especially. No, yeah. you don't, you don't want too much of that, do you? I said burn. That's a little rough, right? There's not a lot of heat. I like your, yeah, you know, like we, way better there. we find a way to massage that a little bit. <laughs> well, it's whiskey. You're gonna have some of that anyway. You expect it, but no, I agree. There's times like actually, so it's funny because I almost always, well, if I'm just drinking whiskey, I almost always have a cube of ice in it. Mm-hmm. I like the ride. I like to taste it when it's cold because you get different flavors, and then as it warms up and the water melts in, you get the same effect as if you put a few drops water in there and and it usually takes me a while to go through it absolutely and especially in texas you don't even need to wait that long for no it to not at all back up. Yeah. not at all right yeah and, and cruise gave me actually a whiskey glass that has this little cutout and i should have brought that thing it has a little cutout in it that you can set your cigar in so you have your whiskey and your cigar sitting right there. Uh, of course, you would have that. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> amazing. It's pretty awesome. Cigar never I, leaves I, I my hand. Right, that's right. But, you know, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> that's pretty fun. So yeah, so uh, and I agree. I like. I like. You know, why not mix up uh, a good whiskey? You know, in something. The other night, just for giggles, I poured my mixers into my ice cream. Fantastic. <laughs> that's yeah. good. And it was delicious. Uh, of course, <laughs> it was. I was eating. I was eating a little bowl of ice cream. I thought missing something. 
Yeah, this one. Get it. That's great. <laughs> and I think you raise a good point, though. It's a, it's a, that's what bartenders are for at the end of the day is you have to trust them. They're there to be brand ambassadors for every spirit they have behind their bar. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's a tough job to be a bartender these days. I think some people take it for granted. But you have to know in-depth knowledge about every single bottle that's behind there so you can mix it correctly. And what to mix it with, yeah. That's you know, it's, uh, everything has true. such different flavors. You know, whether it's between three bottles we have here or 300 you have on a bar. That's a lot of information you got to learn there. Now, so uh, uh, so just changing perception a little bit, everyone expects, okay, you don't mix scotch, right? That's what they always say. And then gin, how often do you see people just drink gin by itself? Like You almost always think of it as a mixer, well, it's even funny. though it is delicious yeah, by you know, itself. Gin's gone through a bit of an up and down in history, uh, through whether it be, uh, you know, uh, it was really popular for many years, yeah. and it sort of has gone down again, and it's back up. And, you know, it's all to do with cultural shifts. Uh, and I think people's perception of flavor, you know, back in the 70s and 80s, these big rock stars are coming out, you know, if you don't smoke the same cigarettes we do, you're not as cool as we are. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to imbue the flavor onto something pretty you know bland that's when vodka came about because right. gin had had its heyday and was drunk by all of the older upper class people and then sort of you know they came up this younger crowd mixing stuff with vodka making all these flavors and now they realize they can actually get amazing flavor from gin and right. so that's when this gin resurgence has happened in the last couple of years and so i think people are getting on board with it well so i think the vodka issue uh vodka uh, became so popular and probably still remains popular because vodka inherently doesn't have a lot of flavor. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's the like, tofu of the spirits the world. The better it's, the know. vodka is, the less <laughs> it actually has in it. Yeah, it's, like, That's kind of how it works. Yeah, like I said, vodka is the tofu of the spirits world, but then gin is the finished dinner. You know, right. like you can put any flavor you want on there and it's going to be great. Uh, but then at the end of the day, this is, you know, a beautiful color palette that the master distillers have painted this beautiful picture with. Well, see, so, and okay, so what you have with the gin too is the history of mixing gin uh, and especially one that's been around. How long has Hendrix Gin been around now? Uh, developed in the late 90s, and we launched in 2000. So. Okay, so it's been around yeah. long enough, and gin's been around uh, long enough to where that's been such a mixed drink forever. Mm-hmm. You know, we already have preconceived notions. This goes with this all the time. You can have a gin and this, or, you know, Tom Collins, all those different things. We don't necessarily think of scotch and uh, in the same light so it's interesting to see that yeah. happening now. you know every liquid has an unscripted story and i think as brand ambassadors and bartenders we're just there to tell that story so at the end of the day it's kind of a nice little uh, poetic analogy to go and actually sit and have a drink is more than just imbibing a beverage speaking of stories i love uh the way you guys get into uh uh making these uh making the whole experience happen it's so much fun for instance the hendrix i was on your website it's got such an interesting kind of old world vibe to it and uh and you pull that across so well when we're talking and then um david you are so modern with your approach on this like you're always on uh on facebook and on uh social media is doing that uh and you're so good at that kind of thing keeping it out there by the way just watching your facebook i want to go party at some point in time with you we have to do. You look like you're just having a great it's, time. It's so funny. Um, I've, I've definitely created a perception. You got that, a persona now that, that kind of ties in David Allardyce with party. I sent a message to. Uh, we have a group on WhatsApp. I won't tell you the name of it. That's private. But uh, I sent a message to the group to say, "Hey, just landed in Houston. Looking forward to seeing y'all." And Rebecca responds back with party. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> but this one as well, like the two of us together. Right. Oh, yeah, we both live yeah. in Chicago actually, so it's uh, oh wow, yeah, okay. And we're only like eight blocks away from each other yeah, as well. It's funny, funny how that worked out. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's good. So I notice uh, on your uh, Facebook posts, you have everybody saying, uh, "I am David Paradise." Tell me a little bit about that because that's funny. <laughs> well, 
it seems a little cheesy, right? Dave Paradise. Um, Cheesy's good though. Like but you it, can't do a grilled cheese sandwich without cheese. I guess um, the reason I stuck with that is because it was just a story, um, a real story that happened. Basically, it was in a club one night, shocking, and uh, was introducing myself to this girl, and she was like, "Oh, what's your, what's your last name?" I said, "Dave Allardyce." What Dave Allardyce? And she bursts out laughing. I was like, that, "That's funny, is it? Why is that funny?" And she's like, "Dave Paradise. That's a great name." And I was like, and then I just I was thinking about it later. I was like, "No one ever understands me when I say my last name." And so I was like, "You know what? I'm just going to run with that." And you know, always looking for uh, a name to go by for music, right? Because I've went through so many cheesy names over the years i was called amsterdam sam for a while because i amsterdam used it, just just names that i came i lived in holland when i was 15 and i came back when i was 17 and, and one of the lads just just got ah, we amsterdam sam and then i went by that for a while so i was like all right i need a new name so i've had some bad ones and they call the english funny talkers Jesus. so anyway dave paradise was that's the origin of the name it was kind of like a misunderstanding and i just stuck with it um, so I changed the S to C and with the videos I started doing these videos called Fittick Friday I wanted to force myself to do something weekly because I started a YouTube channel a year ago and I find it hard to motivate myself to continually right. put something together um, and so I decided if I, if I call it Fittick Friday I have to put have a to video on Friday. every Friday <laughs> so every Thursday at night I'm editing and I'm usually up till 2 in the morning editing a video and um, usually just a short clip but we were sitting in Austin, and uh, I said to the guys, "Like, I'm going to record you. I want you guys to be on the intro for this first Fiddick Friday." And I was like, "Like, what, what do you want me to say?" Everyone gets really nervous, right? We turn the camera on. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm no different sometimes. And uh, it's like, "Well, just say your name. I'm, you know, Jonathan Wingo, and uh, this is Fiddick Friday." And then Mossy's sitting next to me. He's like, "No, no, 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 no. That's not the crack. That's not the crack." <laughs> in his classic Irish accent and uh, he's like no no you need to say I'm Dave Paradise this is Fiddick Friday no matter who it is that's doing it so they started off that's okay that's that, pretty that, fun that, right that's, it started off so it just caught on as kind of a fun thing and now we get people to say it um, if, if we happen to be out drinking on like a Wednesday Thursday night I'll just whoever I'm with just be like yeah let's do it and we'll get it posted on Friday so that was just a little bit of fun Nice. So I think we're going to take a little short break here uh, coming up, and uh, we'll talk more about the social media and everything. It's it, One of those things that's really important is just being consistent with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll be back here on Spoken and Tosin. Amsterdam Sam. That's, that's the one. Do you, know, do you know, do you know what the, the, one between, <laughs> the one between Amsterdam Sam and, and Green Paradise? Actually, I went by Dave Allardyce for a long time. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting, a podcast about craft spirits, craft beer, and hand-rolled cigars. We're here with Mattias Horseman and David Allardyce. Um, oh. Again? So I want... <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's awesome. I want to back up just a hair. Okay, so we have this teacup. Tell me what's in this teacup. Uh, this teacup, we started out this morning with a lovely little Hendrix uh, tonic with a freshly sliced cucumber. So uh, what you're saying is I'm getting my uh, vegetables in the morning. Absolutely. Well, definitely one of your five a day for sure. Uh, you know, it's, it's a wonderful drink to start out with, especially for something like this. It uh, just warms up your palate, just warms up your life a little bit. Uh, and of course, fresh is best when it comes to it. So cucumber just uh, livens that drink up. It's really nice. The yeah. cucumber, like you smell it when it's coming up towards you, the, the getting that 
in your in your palate already. Yeah. Really well, you nice. know, Hendrix is from Scotland, obviously. Um, and, you know, we're from William Grant, we're curiously infused with rose and cucumber, and so mm-hmm. that's like the key for us. Is just everything we do is unusual, highlights a little bit of the uniqueness about everything, and there's nothing more unique than sitting here with you guys uh, in this amazing little uh, group of people. So I think it's just nice to celebrate that in a very unique way. Yes, it doesn't linger either; it leaves it uh, a little dry on mm. the finish, which is really nice. Yeah, oh, it's a wonderful little uh, cocktail, especially if we're going to be tasting a couple things today. These nice. cups are fantastic. Too. Yeah, is this the is the same a, on both sides. Let me put that right up. It's to the a little uh, little project I've worked on um, over the past year and a bit. It's called the Curiosity Cup. The um, Curiosity so, Cup. Yes, spelled T A C U P. Obviously, um, I I, tra- I travel around with it actually on a holster on my belt that's specifically designed <laughs> for it. Uh, and I'm, TSA love me at the airports. It's kind of funny. Um, they call me Teacup in Chicago O'Hare <laughs> Quick now. draw with the teacup. Yeah, it's great. There's one guy who like, I actually was, I almost missed a flight and he got me through in time. So I was like, <laughs> oh my God, i got to get you one of the cousins of the teacup. So a couple, a couple of the agents have them now, which is good. Uh, yeah, no, but it's a, I'm, I'm writing a book about martinis. Um, and so everywhere I go, I try uh, a different martini. And I always ask the bartender, I'll take a Hendrix martini as you wish. Uh, a Princess Bride is my favorite movie, so as you wish, obviously one of the highlights from that movie. But I feel like I get to know a bartender a little better by how he likes to drink it rather than how I like to drink it. Because I've tried over a hundred different styles of martini from around the world, um, and at the end of the day, I have a list on my phone of I think it's 127 bartenders right now that have made me a martini and their recipe for it. Uh, and it's just interesting to go back and sort of see how they've done that and to see just the slight variations and who has the passion points. and There is what no gelled. substitute for experience. Exactly. And, you know, this puts everything on a level playing field. Uh, a good friend of mine is an amazing bartender, but he started working back in a dive bar once he had a kid. And he made me one of the best martinis I've ever had. But he put it in one of those really rocks glasses that, like, explodes after you put it in the dishwasher. <laughs> and then I went to a really, like, five-star, it was like a, it was a two-star Michelin restaurant, like, 20 minutes later, and they made me a really awful martini but they put it in a beautiful cup yeah, crystal amazing. glass yeah. with the lemon and I was like man I preferred the other one <laughs> so this puts everything on that level playing field so right. yeah, it's purely about taste which is nice cool. that's pretty fun so uh, David has poured us a uh, ooh, which one did you pour the IPA cast IPA yep India Pale Ale this would be the Glenfiddich IPA cast now we tried this um at the uh, whiskey social event last year and enjoyed it tremendously so I'm glad to be revisiting this. Tell me about it. Yep. So this is, uh, if you can see that there, it's called India Paleo Cask. Basically, uh, this is what we call the first edition of our experimental series. And basically what happened was we decided we wanted to do something with IPA. And we collaborated with uh, as a local brewery called Speyside Brewery in about 29 miles from the distillery. And uh, we ended up experimenting, failing miserably, as you always should when you experiment. And uh, eventually, we we found the right the right uh, level of hops that mm-hmm. we needed. Basically, they had to go super heavy on the hops uh, in order to get characteristics pushed into the wood to even get it to cut through. So we yeah. we brought the beer to the distillery. We put it into our traditional whiskey barrels, which are you know American oak ex bourbon barrels. The beer would rest in the IPA, but the IPA would rest in the cask for about four weeks. The beer comes back out; it's mellowed out. It's actually quite drinkable. It's quite nice, very drinkable. Actually, it was, it was a delicious beer. Do you guys bottle that? Um, we, it's bottled, but it's it's under license by the brewery, Speyside Brewery, and you can only buy it in in Scotland. So, um, I keep meaning to bring some back, but 
usually when I get a hold of it, it doesn't make it make it. Out. <laughs> I was going to say that would, that would make the tasting interesting. It doesn't too. make it out of the country, yeah. Um, but yeah, then we have these seasoned casks. Uh, we take the beer out, we put the whiskey in. The whiskey was already aged mm-hmm. for several years in, in an American oak barrel, and then it goes into the IPA cask. Uh, so you're just finishing it in the IPA. Yeah, cask. it's an IPA cask finish exactly for those of for those that are listening that are familiar with the term finishing. It just means that you've basically taken your whiskey from a traditional whiskey cask mm-hmm. and then transferred it into a different type of oak in order to give it a little bit of a different character. Mm-hmm. To bring it down to the base level, that's a little bit of the icing on the cake. Basically. It's the same cake with slightly different icing. It shouldn't, in my opinion, uh, it shouldn't, t- if it's a port cask finish, if it's a sherry cask finish, if it's a, a beer cask finish, it shouldn't taste like that thing. It should just have a, a elements of that right, flavor in right. there uh, or whatever the type of oak is. It's going to give it a different um, profile. But... If you do it well, it should just have that little extra layer of flavor. It shouldn't be dominated by that that cask. That's actually what I find with this a lot is it's a, a one more level of interesting. It's mm-hmm. just a yeah. little something. The oak finish on this, by the way, is very big, too. It's It has layers to it, right, mm-hmm. which I find single malt scotch should have. There's an odd uh, a little bit of butteriness on the finish that I taste, too. Yeah, cheers. Uh, let's cheers. get in there. It's the nuances sometimes that make us make a drink, isn't it? Uh, when you're tasting it, yeah, it's got the, it's got a little bit of the fruitiness that mm-hmm. you get from Glenfiddich malt whiskey, especially in the twelve year old, and then it's carried through into this one. But it's 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 got layers of of um, creaminess to it. I think, I think when I taste this, I get a little bit of a hint of a like a sweet kind of soda, like a cream soda, and then it's only when I when I, I've I've tasted it and I've breathed out that I, I get any real sense of the beer. You get a slight citrus note, but mostly you get a little bit of that kind of maltiness. But it doesn't I don't I don't really get any hoppiness from it. No, but it has a little bit of a a, a bitter um a bitter twang to it that you don't generally expect. And I think that's what I think the hop is bringing yeah. to it. Well, but so it has that creaminess and to me, like I said, a little bit on the end, and this might be a little influenced from our tea earlier. <laughs> um, but there's a there's a butteriness to the finish that on the retro hail when you breathe out that you really kind of experience at the very back of the tongue that's really interesting to me and yeah, then I mean, the oak that, dryness that I really enjoy. That's the that's the bottom line is that it's interesting and it's different uh, for people that like the twelve or the fifteen and they come and taste this and they're like ah it's not really for me that's fine when you experiment you're going to get people that love it and people yeah, that yeah. don't really love it um, but the fact is is that this is pushing the boundaries of what single yeah. what scotch can be, and that's the whole point of it. It's just to try and be different. Well, yeah, and to take and to take scotch, which traditionally you just use in uh, generally wine barrels, and to do something different with the with the beer barrels and things like that, just try different stuff. Yeah. I think that's admirable. It's all about pushing the envelope, really, isn't it? It's continue to developing our industry. Yeah, because otherwise it just gets stale. Yeah, and, stagnate. And, and you know, we're we're looking at a new audience, a new generation that's coming through. Um, we find that you know, through studies, it shows that the older clientele that drink Glenfiddich typically stick to the twelve, mm-hmm. more so than the younger. The younger generation are trying the fourteens and the IPAs and the higher end whiskies. They are the ones that are experimenting more. So that that actually ties in perfectly with the idea that we should be more experimental because the younger the younger generation is coming through. That's who we have to appeal to. Now, the last time we hung out, we had a conversation, and we were sitting at the bar. And uh, you said to me, I believe the 14 is probably the perfect uh, drinker in our lineup. Mm-hmm. 
And I simply said, prove it. <laughs> and how was the bottle? <laughs> Gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was an interesting Uber home anyway. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I, I found it interesting. I actually uh, find that I agree with you on this because the 18 is a little too delicate. You know, and um, and also a little more pricey. So depending on your price point, the twelve is a standard. It's 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 uh, really good, but it's not as interesting as the fourteen. And so I have to agree with you on that. And Challenge you, accepted. Do you know what? And also proven true. You know what? There's a there's a lovely element to to the social aspect of of drinking that I positively have fallen in love with, and that's that every moment of every day is different. Right. Yeah. So like I when I last night I sat and had the most beautiful martini. It was a very standard martini, but for, to me it was exceptional because that's exactly what I wanted at that moment. Yeah. But tomorrow night probably is going to be a little different because we'll probably be in a club <laughs> with Dave Paradise. <laughs> well, uh, David Paradise. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe Amsterdam Sam will make an appearance too. But um, <laughs> I just hope not. <laughs> you know, it's 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 funny how you mentioned the, the amazing iterations. You know, I have uh, pretty much the full lineup of Glenfiddich at my house as well because um, I've been a fan for years. And I, I call on different things for uh, different stuff. So actually, when I applied for my job with Hendrix Gin, I cracked open the 12. And I, as I submitted, I had a dram of the 12. When I got my first interview, I moved up to the 14. <laughs> and then the next interview, when I was getting on, I had the 15. Finally, then I had the 18. And on my last interview, after I came back, I was like, screw it, I'm opening the 21. So I opened the 21, I had a dram. And then I saved the extra special thing for when I actually got the job. And that was a, a celebration. So you did a great. vertical... To uh, to uh, celebrating, to, yeah, celebrate to celebrating your, along with my life, and I'll always have that connection fantastic. to Glenfiddich, which is lovely. Well, you know, the other thing too that I find uh, about this is, listen, to us, we're just talking about drinking stories, but not drinking stories and like, oh, I was just so hammered because that's BS. But we're we're talking about sitting down and enjoying company, enjoying moments, mm-hmm. enjoying memories that we tie into this as well. That's one of my favorite parts about this whole society. Absolutely. You know, I think it's always interesting. Could you imagine if we could listen to the tales that empty glasses could tell? Yeah, right. It would be incredible. <laughs> frightening. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely but it's, uh, frightening. Some of the best things in the world. So. Awesome. Well, that uh, the Glenfiddich IPA cask finish is uh, quite nice on the palate. I'm going to keep experimenting with this and um, researching it as we uh, take a short break here. And we'll be back very shortly with more smoking and toasting. I love that sound. Welcome back so to good. Smoking and Toasting, the show about craft beer, craft liquors, and fine hand-rolled cigars, brought to you by B&B Butchers here in Houston and also in the shops at Clear Fork in uh, Fort Worth, Texas. We're here with Mattias Horseman from Hendrix Gin, who is currently mixing up the cocktails, and uh, David Allardyce from Glenfiddich, and uh, we're going to talk about love and life and drinks and stories from the road, life on the road. This all sounds like a good time. Oh, it's going to be wonderful. What are you making over there? Uh, we're going to start off with a little something fun. We were serving this um, we were serving this yesterday, and I whipped up some this morning uh, in the hotel. Uh, it's a wonderful cucumber basil smash. Um, it's a perfect thing. You know, I think the joys about gin, like we were talking about before, is that it's it's already got such a great flavor. And so to use something as a base like that to create an amazing cocktail, it's just 
you know, money made in heaven right there. You're not from around here, are you? Uh, not quite. You no. said you said basil. Uh, basil, yeah. Basil. <laughs> basil and tomatoes. Basil? Basil. Yeah. We're in Texas. We say basil. You know, my little my little cousin's actually, his name is Basil. And his, oh, is uh, yeah, his younger sister name is Peach. So I'm very, uh, very happy to have a family that's uh, as outdoorsy as my cousins. I love uh, that you include a cucumber in everything. Now, uh, last time I saw you, you had this incredibly huge, inefficient cucumber slicing machine. Uh, the gin and tonic machine, yes. That was, uh, that was definitely a fun one. Uh, I love that thing. We no, no, no. It was the traveling cucumber slicer. Oh, the uh, the Grand Garnisher. Yes. Oh, the Grand Garnisher. Like, oh, yeah. The other cucumber the other machine. The cucumber <laughs> machine we have. Yes. No, not the one that you can carry. The one you have to drive. Yeah. The and then operate with spring. a bicycle. That's actually uh, that's actually coming back around the U.S. this year. So it's going to be uh, going to be across the <laughs> That thing. thing was a blast to watch. So uh, so I went to an event, and uh, I can't remember which bar were we at. It was over in the uh, Worcester's. Was it Worcester's Beer Garden, I think? Maybe. Yeah, that, sound, that sounds right. Yeah, we went to. There was a field and ties and 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 B&B butchers and and all of them they so were fantastic we, uh, so i pulled in me and my wife pulled in and it wasn't hard to find you because this thing is giant like it's the size i believe the word you're looking for is grand yes yeah, grand <laughs> thank you for grandiose this is yeah. grandiose yes yeah the henry's um, grand garnisher what a lovely machine traveling around ridiculously and efficiently at speeds of 25 miles an hour uh, slicing cucumbers at a little slower speed, but you know that's, that's it was pretty. absolutely fascinating. It is fascinating. It's a little bit of a Rube Goldberg style machine. It's it just, was, yes. <laughs> but you know, sometimes the best things in life take the most time. Right, so. and it's so entertaining to watch. Cheers to that. And cheers. There cheers. we go. Back to the cucumbers. Oh. I love this. Yeah, you know, it's. I always like to think of stuff as a base. You know, um, we look for balance so much in cocktails as brand ambassadors and bartenders. Sometimes we forget to look for balance in ourselves. So to use something like this, I love to make uh, lemonade at home, just fresh lemonade. And I'm sure down here in Texas, you guys make lemonade all the time, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you know, whenever I'm doing it at home, I often throw in some cucumbers and some basil leaves overnight and just leave it to sit. I so bet that's good. Morning, I've never oh, thought it's of amazing. That. So in the morning, I you know, wake up and I have a wonderful thing of uh, of cucumber basil lemonade. This home. is delicious. What exactly are you mixing this with? You know, that's funny you ask that. That cu- same cucumber basil lemonade that you can just make at home by throwing in a couple leaves and a couple slices of cucumber to a thing of fresh lemonade, you can just add Hendrix and serve it over the rocks. Nice. Yeah, it's <laughs> nice to just use something like that that has, has a dual purpose, you know? Um, but I, I think that's that's the fun aspect of gin season coming up here in the summer with the warm weather. It's going to be lovely. Yeah, gin works really well with a lot of summery drinks, I have noticed. It really does. I, you know, I, 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 I think, think again, of it that way. If you think about it, I think it's a lot more to do, you know, from a philosophical perspective, you have a combination of botanicals from all around the world in here. And what's better than sitting with people from all over the world in one room drinking? Absolutely. And it's the same aspect of botanicals coming together, just as people coming together. That's why I love gin with people. So in an interesting aspect, because we also talk about cigars on this uh, show, one of the things I've noticed Mm -hmm. about gin being uh, either martini or mixed drinks, those kind of things, gin has an interesting flavor where it, it doesn't necessarily go with cigars, but it doesn't interrupt any cigar so in other words i guess it does kind of go with every cigar almost as yeah. long as what you're mixing it with goes with it dave and i are actually we're avid cigar smokers and we we, we enjoy we enjoy a good a good couple um every month when we're back in chicago mm. sitting outside in the summer shout out to mikey alec bradley yeah there we go mikey go good guy and um you know at the end of the day we're sitting there and i think you're right gin does go with it it's yeah. about 
telling that untold story of that partnership that go that's what it's about so to find the right cocktails you know like this actually a beautiful thing before you have a cigar that's going to be a beautiful kind of like foundation from which mm-hmm. to have that gorgeous light floral sort of you know maybe like a I don't know Monte Cristo number three or something like that after this would be gorgeous oh, but man. as you move into that Martinez oh, a Martinez with a nice Robusto cigar my god you could not ask for a better pairing than that and that's basically if anybody likes Manhattans try a Hendrix Martinez see what we're talking about right now is a future show there we go. Yeah, and I'm just thinking... <laughs> Maybe outdoors this summer. Oof. We need to have a quick pit stop. We need to take cigars to food and wine. Uh, Sounds good to me. I totally forgot. Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. Rookie move. <laughs> I got you. Got some in the bag. You're already prepared. Awesome. Legend. So you guys spend a whole lot of time on the road in this job as, yes, as a do. brand representative. Yeah. it's. Can, um, we, can we talk about your march? Oh, God. Yeah, March was a fun month. Um, People often ask, what does it mean to be a brand ambassador? And they say, what's your job? And often we look at them and we sort of, you know, we're out drinking and we sort of gesture to the bar and we say, well, this, relationships, right? Yeah. (laughs) Um, But March was definitely an interesting one. I hit uh, seven states, five countries, traveled over 20,000 miles. Um, I had 17 flights. Uh, It was a fun month. That's in one month. One month from March 1st through to uh, March 31st. Yeah. Wow. Oh, 30. How many days are in March? I have no idea. <laughs> Lost track of days in the I end. hope you can sleep on an airplane. You know, it's actually wonderful. It's a good time to, to relax, get some work done, chill out, meet some interesting people. I had the most fascinating discussions with people. Um, there's two ways you can travel. There's the people who get very irritated and they're like, come on. And I'm like, man, we're all going to the same place right. at the end of the day. There's no point in rushing. You can't hurry this plane up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, by doing that, it really does uh, really does add up to a wonderful journey. And the experiences I had over the last month, I mean, I wouldn't trade that for anything. We were talking about it before. And at the end of the day, when you're looking at it in 20 years, I get to say, man, I went to some pretty interesting places. Yeah, if you can remember half of them. We, we go to so many places. And, and actually on this... You start uh, blurring together this after is, a while. This is the exact reason that I started a YouTube channel uh, pretty much exactly a year ago. I, I got to my, <laughs> my five-year anniversary with the company. And I thought about it. And I was like, wow, I've been to a lot of places, done a lot of cool stuff. But I don't really have a documentation of it as so I can look back and truly... Because to your point about... 20,000 miles in March like that's insane that's not a normal month but by the time you've finished with a trip to here and a trip to there and then the next trip you don't get that time you know when you go most people go on a vacation right you get the appreciation that sinks in it's a memory it's all there you get a little there, time to absorb right? it and when you're going back to back to back it all blends into one so you really kind of lose a lot of memories that way um, literally and just you know <laughs> From the from from the nature of the job, late nights and everything, but also just from the fact that you're doing so much. Yeah. So I decided I was going to make this this vlog. That's not really a vlog. It's kind of just I just record stuff, edit it, and whatever comes out comes out. It's not really that structured, but it was so that I could look back and get a little flavor and a little taste of, of where I've been, what I've done. You know, because sometimes just to jog your memory, like, oh, yeah, now yeah, I exactly. remember. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, yeah. I think I'll actually I'll do a toast to you for that because the candid nature of your videos are fantastic. Yes. Like, p- just showing people's true sides, showing the actual nature of things. You know, when you start staging stuff for, for video, it can get a little a little too much. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. The, Thanks. Um, just you. So here's to the nights that you'll never remember, but the friends you'll never forget. So I think that's a good one. For, <laughs> that's a great way to put it, that's too. That's good. There we go. Cheers. He's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's got a way with words, this one uh well for those of you who are listening if you want to ever follow along my instagram is the bar poet um, yes. the bar poet the, oh yeah the bar awesome. poet yeah from yeah i love bar them. poet yeah so and i'm dave paradise with a c <laughs> <laughs>
Dave Paradise. So you can do a, a, a Paradise Friday. Is that what you're calling it? Fiddick Friday oh, actually Fiddick is Friday, oh, it's hilarious. I checked into the I hotel. The checked into the hotel yesterday. Um, I'm right across the street from the Astros, so I kind of got woken up last night by the fireworks. Oh right! <laughs> I had an early night last night. Tried to, but um, I checked into the hotel and the radio was already on. And it was it was this radio show that was it was called Science Fridays. And I thought that's cool. But they were talking about animals that fart and animals that don't fart. Wow. Oh, important thing. And as it turns out, that sloths don't fart. Wow. Neither do birds. Interesting. <laughs> sloths actually, um, their their excess gas comes out through their mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so Science Fridays, smoking, smoking a whole, and toasting everybody. This is what the show's about. There's a whole show out there called Science Friday. You should check it out. It's really interesting. What? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love it. So, so what happens is, as you're traveling from time to time when you're stuck in a hotel room, you get a little bored. So you actually are a DJ sometimes, right? Yeah. I'll, well, I'll, you're a DJ all the time, but sometimes you do DJ work. My my obsession with life and life is music. Awesome. Way, way, way more so than whiskey. Like, whiskey I love. I'm very passionate about it, and I love to learn about it. Um, but, you know, there's a time and a place for drinking alcohol. Um, music is anytime. Nice. And I guess you could say there's a symphony of flavor going on in every glass, too. So, uh, yeah. Well, to tie you know, the two again, together. He's got away with words. But yeah, <laughs> I, I started DJing. Um, I moved back from Holland in, to Scotland in 1997. Made friends with Andrew Begg. Shout out to Begg. Saw his DJ set up at home. Instantly fell in love with it. I was like, I want to do that. That Christmas, asked for a set of secondhand turntables. That's what I got, and started buying vinyls and start DJing, and this was just over twenty years ago. So Fantastic. I'm obsessed. I'm so obsessed. I've actually seen you DJ before, um, at the uh, end of the whiskey social event. You did the after party. Remember the visuals, the whole. That room was amazing. Insane. Is so it, yeah. so we walk into this room. It looks boring. It's way too overlit, and it's just this big empty box, right, with nothing on the walls. It's just, well, you know what's going on here, and it's tall too. It's huge, like. 50 so, feet right and so uh so i'm just wandering around the room and all of a sudden the lights go down a little bit and then every single wall is covered with uh with uh is it star wars or yeah movie images just random things going on so Amazing. they're projecting on all four walls at the same time you're surrounded by this wow. that was a cool visual and then when the DJ started it was like a curved wall as well yeah. so you felt like you were in some like studio right. or something so it's completely peripheral yeah so we still need to go back and do another party there by the way yeah and when the and when the music started and everything that with the music was just a blast wow. but Ian came up to me with a classic pro tip and I had no idea he had an audio background right like the way he does he's, he's sorry about this he's deep and he comes up to me don't apologize I learned something really interesting he's like hey man you know like we do want to. We love the music, but we kind of want to talk as well. Here's a little trick, and I'm I'm rolling my eyes at this point because I'm like, you know, it's almost he to me literally rolling like eyes. somebody coming up and saying, "Oh, this this music sucks. Can you play something that I can dance to?" Right? Yeah. <laughs> and but anyway, as soon as he started talking, I was like, "This guy knows what he's talking about." He says, "Just tweak the mid range down." So usually on a DJ board, you'll have the high, yeah. the mid, and the low. He said, "Just cut a little bit of that mid range out, and then you still hear the music at the same level, but that is the frequency of our voices." And it allows it to cut through. And we can actually listen to music and talk. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. It was brilliant. That's a fantastic and, tip. And what's interesting about that is you can actually pull the music up a little louder at that point because yep. all good parties should be a little loud. Like you should have to lean into somebody to talk to them at a good party. But you don't want to have to scream in their ear and they're still going, what? No, respect. That was a pro tip. Thank you for that. <laughs> Glad you appreciated that. I hate to be that guy, though. Sometimes I feel like, uh, but I can help. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and you should. You should. If I didn't know you, I probably would have never said anything, but uh, no, thanks, uh, thanks for putting up with that. Pro tips from smoking and toasting. I love it. <laughs> I know. Listen, you know, you've got, I mean, how long have you been in audio? Well, I've been a musician since, you know, since I was a teenager, just about. Right, so same. I started teaching guitar when I was a teenager, and I've been doing that ever since. And then I've been in the music business, you know, doing one thing or another, bands and whatnot, hmm. ever since. So. Yeah. And now I build and repair and play and all kinds of stuff with guitars. So Cool. Fantastic. That's pretty much where I started with. We're going to take a short break. We'll come back. I believe that these guys want to gang up and interview me at this point in time. Yeah. That's going to be awkward. I don't know what I'm going to say. Can't wait. <laughs> all right. We'll be back with Smoking and Toasting. <laughs> this show Sloth just Sloth <laughs> Right. I love that music right there, by the way. The Suffers, we saw them. Uh, me and Cruz and uh, uh, both of our wives went and saw them at the uh, at the Woodlands Pavilion with the orchestra. That was pretty amazing. So. All right, so we're back here with Smoking and Toasting. This is a show about craft beer, craft spirits, and fine hand-rolled cigars. We're here with Mattias Horseman from Hendrix Gin and David Allardyce from Glenfiddich. And Mattias Horseman is making yet another cocktail. Just what a couple, uh, couple for the morning. This is great. Um, I think, you know, we were talking a lot about today about using a great solid base. And the key thing is if you use a solid base for things, then you have the potential to grow infinitely. So we started off with that beautiful description of just a regular cucumber basil lemonade mm-hmm. you can make at home. Then you can make a cucumber basil smash with Hendrix gin and your fresh lemonade. Uh, and then obviously now I wanted to sort of develop on that further. So whether or not we wanted to uh, make something really complicated or something just very basic. This is pretty much exactly the same thing, except instead of any simple syrup, we're gonna be using a little bit of a fresh raspberry syrup. And then we're gonna to top it with a little bit of ginger beer. So we have Hendrix, fresh lemon juice, raspberry syrup, and ginger beer. It sounds so soothing. Yes. You know, there's, yeah, there's, so, there's so, there's so many amazing cocktails. And if you wanna to go to Hendrix, uh, hendrixgin.com, you can find infinite amounts on there, um, which is great. Uh, but for now, we're going to just enjoy this. So I'm going to keep whipping these up uh, while Dave pours some more whiskey. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you brought a few uh, different things with you. We tried the, uh, the IPA cask finish. Uh, what are we trying next? Trying is <laughs> That is the sound. I love that sound. Um, i got to give a shout-out to uh, the, the guy that I report to, uh, Michael. He is... Uh, primarily responsible for the the concept of this whiskey that we're drinking now this is the Glenfiddich 14 year old and the cool thing about this is that it's aged in a slightly similar way to how American whiskey is, you know, bourbons are always aged in brand new virgin American oaks and in Scotland we tend to use the used barrels Mm -hmm. after you guys have used them, but in this case we've, we've used the used barrels to age this whiskey for 14 years and then to put a little bit of a twist on it and inject a little bit more vanilla and sweetness to it we've transferred that aged whiskey into a new american oak cask 
for about four months. So it's a it's a new oak finish. And you can see by the color profile in that that it actually has a little bit more of that darker. It's American color. oak. Um, the color the color in whiskey <clears throat> doesn't always tell you a huge amount, but if you have a whiskey in, in this kind of color, like more golden, it indicates American oak aging. If it's quite dark, it will usually indicate uh, European oak, so typically mm. a sherry cask. Uh, but the other cool thing about this whiskey is that it's uh, only available in the United States, so it's it's a it's a real exclusive for this country, and you can't even buy it in Scotland. Ah. So if you're ever travelling to uh, another country, bring some fifty dollars for that bottle. It's an easy gift to take to someone overseas that they can't actually buy. Nice. So I misspoke earlier. I mean, I said that we were talking about the fourteen. We were actually talking about the fifteen when we had that conversation. Okay. Yeah. At the bar. So. Uh, which, uh, by the way, I'm running a little bit. I got about a third of a, a bottle left. I noticed that the other uh, evening good, when good we talked about doing this. <laughs> it's getting getting close to time. Cheers. 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 May our glasses run low, but our hearts never be empty. Oh, man, that guy always knows what to say. Yeah, that's the, that's the truth. Oh, so, that's delicious. Um, that's you know, amazing. We spoke a little bit about Hendrick's uh, history. Glenfiddich, the history goes back to 1887. Mm-hmm. Let's learn a little bit about the history of smoking and toasting. The history of smoking and toasting. I was born... No, I'm not going to get that We don't have that much time. <laughs> yeah, tedious detail for every year. No, uh, so smoking and toasting is... Um, so this was Cruz's concept, and I, I was... I, I knew nothing about this. I've never done radio before in my life. I have no idea how the thing works, except for I talk in this mic, and eventually you guys get to see it and listen to it. Um, uh, and I've never been on that side of it. I've done some interviews here and there. But uh, what what happened is uh, Cruz and his wife, uh, his girlfriend at the time, I've known her for years, Mary, and uh, we've been friends for years and years since you know, sometime in the... 90s ish early 90s ish and uh and always got along love her to death and when she started dating cruz she goes you and your girl need to come over and and hang out with us we need to do dinner you're gonna love the guy that i'm dating i was like uh okay you know we'll try it so we get over there and we're having dinner we're having a good old time and uh and i meet cruz i think i've met him in passing a couple times he's been a, a radio personality for years and years um and i've met him in passing i think a couple times you know many years ago uh, not enough to remember each other, but um, but uh, so anyway, we would sit down and have dinner. And after dinner, we uh, step out onto his little balcony that he has out uh, at his place and light up a cigar and grab a beer. And we just start talking. We start talking about, oh, you like this? I like cigars like this, and I like beers like this. And we just go back and forth and had a great time. Stayed a little bit too late, drank a little too much, went home. So uh, a little while later, um, you know, a couple weeks later, Mary calls me up and she goes, hey, you guys want to come uh, over for dinner again? I'm like, oh, okay. So we do this twice. Um, and, uh, and actually, I think we went out for dinner that time. We did this twice. And then she calls me up. This is about a month or two after uh, uh, I met Cruz. She calls me up and she goes, hey, uh, we'd like to invite you guys out to dinner at the foundation room. And, uh, and we got a question for you, but I can't tell you what it is. Bye. Click. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> That's bizarre. I don't even yeah. know what's happening there. So we go uh, go have dinner, and we're sitting there and, uh, and uh, talking about cigars and drinking beers and having a good old time. And then Cruz goes, hey, 
got a question for you. I said, okay, shoot, I don't know what's going on here, but I've already been primed. And, uh, and he goes, so, you know, when we get together and talk, uh, uh, we have this, this kind of thing, this, this kind of uh, uh, thing back and forth where he goes, this is, this is just a radio show. Yeah. Like, there's no reason for this not to be a radio show. And I never would have even guessed this. Like, this isn't even on my radar as something that I do, you know, or would even consider until he asked me. And so he goes, he looks at me and goes, we're probably not going to get rich doing this, but we will get samples. <laughs> there you go. And I said, you know what? I'm in, damn it. And so it's hilarious because uh, I was so nervous on the first show. And we weren't even doing video then. I was hmm. so nervous on the first show. I had no idea what was going on, what we were doing. So we come in here and into this studio, very studio, and we start doing the first show. And it's goofy. It's hilarious. When you listen to me, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I caught on pretty quick. But let's fast forward a little bit. So we were struggling at first to try and get some people in here for interviews and stuff. Um, and we got a little bit of uh, funny reactions from people. We had a few people who were like, well, who have you had on your show and why should I show up kind of reactions? And uh, so we were having a little hard time. And then I had a friend of mine, um, a friend of mine working at Goliad Brewery at that point in time. Uh, he's been on the show about three times now. His name's Mark Nichols. Uh, great guy in the industry. He's working with uh, New Republic Brewery now and they make fantastic beer. But anyway, I called him up. I said, hey. You guys, would you be interested in coming in and doing a, uh, you know, radio program with us and, you know, kind of checking? He said, sure, I'll come down there and do it. So he was our, actually our first guest in here live on the show. And then sometime within the next month after that, for, through whatever bizarre fluke happened, hmm. we ended up with this guy from Glenn Fittick on the show. Really? And he was, as we consider this, our first, like, really legitimate brand ambassador we had on the show yeah. for a big brand you know, uh, not, who, who not just that? for local I don't know who it was Don Salta no it was this man Amsterdam right here Sam, like, <laughs> Amsterdam <laughs> Sam Amsterdam Sam I love that but Dave no David Allardyce uh, uh, comes walking in the studio and so by this point in time I'm feeling kind of comfortable with this and he's sitting out there and he doesn't know what to think he's sitting on our uh, bench in our tiny little lobby there and looking around I go introduce myself and you know, he says hi, and he's being personable, but you can tell he's like, I have no idea what's going on here or what's happening. That's a general look on my face. I <laughs> should have seen him this morning. <laughs> That's just the way. So, uh, so anyway, we get him in here, and as soon as the show starts going and he sees how it works, he just lights up and and really, really like looked like he had a great time. I'm not saying he did. I don't know. But he looked like he had a great time, and apparently he had enough fun because he started telling – everyone else at uh william grant how much fun he had and mm. we started getting in other brand ambassadors and this added a level of legitimacy to our program that got us um to where we are now where now we're built we just keep building every week we do a show and that's part of it we were talking about your vlog that you do like every week doing it every single week no matter what is the biggest thing because that's how you get the consistency and that's where we really started uh uh, started building our audience and building uh, uh, our reputation. I'm so happy just, about can that. Can I just add, yeah. by, by the, the way, way, thank you. I, you know, thank you for that story. I had no idea he was going to say that. Really? I <laughs> no, we walked in here this morning. I was like, oh, how did Smoking and Toasting start? And you're like, oh, well, let's save it and we'll do it on camera. I didn't know you were going to say that. So I didn't like prime that because you were going to talk about the time that we met. I had no idea. I thought you'd appreciate Cheers. that, though. Oh, yeah. yeah, and thank you so much. Cheers. 
Well, it sounds like a lot of what you were saying is, uh, cheers, guys. It sounds like uh, passion was the biggest point in, in deciding that this is what you wanted to do, right? Because you were just sitting there talking and it was something that you just loved and it just flowed naturally. Yeah, and I think, too, that like uh, between me and Cruz and the way we do this, like our goal with this was to go, you know, let's do a show that if you're in, an, if you're in the industry, you would enjoy watching us. We're yeah. fun. You know, we're having a good time. We're talking about stuff. But if you know nothing about this, you can still follow along. We're not talking uh, yeah. so far industry-wise above your head uh, or even, you know, drink-wise. I'm in a, uh, in a club that brews beer from time to time. We're not, we're not talking about other than what's on the bottle label. You know, it doesn't matter what all's in it. Let's have Somebody's fun. Is it good? Is it bad? Let's talk about the flavors. Well, somebody said it before as well. Experience is the best way to learn. So right. all you're going to get here is a beautiful idea on how to go and experience something. Right. And then you can go do it for yourself. Cause, and you even said, you know, you might not get rich doing it, but how do you really measure wealth? Right. Because this means more to me than hundred grand sitting well, here with you guys. You and know? so we have yeah. such a good time. <laughs> we'll go to seven grand Speaking later. Yourself, we'll go to seven grand I'll tell later. you what, I'll take the hundred grand and then I'll buy you lunch tomorrow. How's that? <laughs> and done. Sounds good to me. But no, so I mean, so this is, this was such a fun thing because you actually, uh, due to you and your brand, you added a level of legitimacy to what we did to where now when people were like, well, who have you had on the show? We had Glenn Fittick. They're just bigger than you. Sorry. <laughs> like, in general, you know, and I, I I mean that in the most hilarious way, but um, you know, it really stopped a lot of the uh, the the hmm. I wonder who these guys actually are. Do they have anything going on or whatever? So we we've just been building ever since then and having a great time with it. Thank no, you. No, it's asking great. And, and every time if I'm in the house uh, when the show goes out live, I always tune in and comment and you know let you guys know that I'm watching. I love um, that. Absolutely, it. yeah, it's wonderful. So we get, like, if you guys are out there watching it, by the way, while we're doing the show, I usually have it on my phone and, and, and see the comments and try to put some stuff in there in between. Sometimes I'm more texty than others, but we always try to have a great time with it. And the other thing, too, is this, this is just a fun outlet to do this. Yeah. You know, and the way we try to make this is so that when you guys come on here, you have fun. Yeah, exactly. That was our goal. And, uh, listen, we're surrounded by bottles and good people, and we're about to... to to make a, a last toast, I guess, and head to more booze. Yeah, no, it's definitely true. Um, <laughs> the food and you wine, guys got a full day going food on. Food and wine festival, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's going to be fun. It's going to be good. That is out in Sugarland, even. Yeah, yeah, down in Sugarland, food and wine today. Nice. Uh, it's the Sip and Stroll today and tomorrow from 3 to is 6. Is it going to be in the uh, town uh, town center there? You know, they just switched venues. It's out. Uh, you can find it on their website, for sure. Gotcha. All the details and stuff, fun. and you can buy tickets from there, so... And are you setting up your uh, monstrous, uh, is it a tent? Or it's a called a dome. Dome. Glenfiddich dome. Um, yeah. And it's it's all air conditioned. It's a great little, almost, you know, a retreat from the madness. <coughs> Excuse you, me, the do madness. Do you let those Hendrix guys in? Oh, uh, they, if they, if they, <laughs> you see, they're, they're in an air-conditioned dome, but here in Texas, when it gets sunny and hot, I actually walk around with an umbrella and I throw shade in a very British way. Yeah. <laughs> so while hand-delivering cocktails on a book, I have my umbrella, and you will not miss me around that festival for sure. I'll be yeah, there. listen, the Hendrix guys, if they come up to us and they have a few refreshing cocktails... We might let me. Yeah. Well, I guess it's time for a last toast, right? I saw you looking at me before. I guess we should probably do something. Um, yes, please. You know, I, I live in Chicago, uh, and so does Dave. And we come down here, um, and I realized it's actually sometimes it's not the warmth of the weather that keeps us warm, but it's those that we hold close to us. So here's to you guys. That guy's amazing. <laughs> cheers. <laughs> cheers Adam, and cheers. <laughs> Thanks again. This has been Smoking and Toasting. We will see you guys next time.
that was awesome. That was cool. It was fun.